1: Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything, Lakers. This is the LakersNation.com live post game show slash podcast if you're listening to it tomorrow. If you are listening to this tomorrow, you've probably had a little bit of time to kind of soak things in, except what it was that we just saw. Me, on the other hand, we are still very much dealing in real time with the pain. Sean is right there with me on that. The Lakers collapse against the New Orleans Pelicans. Led by 20 at halftime, played some of their best basketball in the first half, only to turn right around and play some of their worst in the second half and to blow a must-win game. That's what we're talking about tonight. Sean, how are you doing?
2: (laughs) I'm just laughing to, to avoid crying or blowing up being angry, Trevor, but... I'm doing the best I can be or the best that all Lakers fans can do right now, especially after you blow a 20, well, it was a 23-point lead at one point uh, on the road to a team that you have to get a win against. And so I'm doing the best I can. How are you, Trevor? How are you handling it?
1: This. somebody said uh in the chat already somebody said trevor looks disappointed uh yeah absolutely i'm i'm 100 disappointed uh that's that's fair to say i i essentially went into this game with or to this day with oh boy i get to block some people on here this is fun all right cool i got to block somebody already <laughs> um i went into today thinking, okay, we've got two must-win games here on the on the slate, and both of them are at the same time, and that was the Lakers and the Pelicans, and the Lakers are in must-win territory, and the U.S. men's national team uh, against Panama, and the U.S. was in must-win territory. Uh, the U.S. came up big, won 5-1. It was a great performance. Mm-hmm. The Lakers, everything was going great. I even, I even texted you. I said, man, I'm so proud of the way this team is playing at a halftime, but we also said... Mm-hmm. But I'm a little bit concerned when I looked at the field goal percentages, I thought that could be a problem. They shot so well in the first half and we know this team, their belief seems to be tethered to whether or not the ball is going into the basket. That's a very bad thing. That is not a good that's not a good trait for a basketball team. But how well they how much they believe they can win a game seems to be tied to whether or not the ball is going in the basket and i thought uh oh if there if regression hits in the second half that could lead to some trouble and it certainly did and it felt like probably about part of the way through the third once again the lakers started to question can we really win this game and from there on it was all Pelicans the rest of the way their entire 20 point lead was just about gone in the third quarter I think it got cut down to two in the third quarter Mm -hmm. so they blew a 20 point lead in the third and then in the fourth again a must win situation if you're looking at everything if you're looking at uh, the playoffs and standings and all of that sort of stuff must win and they put up 14 points in the fourth quarter that's that's how the season is gone Sean I mean they've they've hit you with these highs and then slam you right back down to earth right afterwards with some pretty intense lows, with this being one of the lowest lows I think we've had of, of the season, based on what we saw. That's out there. saying something. Yeah.
2: <laughs> That's saying something, man. Um over the last five games, this game included, in twenty quarters, the Lakers had played up at like up until the first half, probably about 17 great quarters. And you're like, oh, yes, this is a step forward, three steps forward with the Lakers. It's, it's like 25 steps backwards mm-hmm. with the Lakers, because then you have the second half. And then I'm going to give some credit to the Pelicans. I mean, the Lakers, they came out with a, I thought they came out with a great game plan. I thought um, they knew that CJ McCollum going to put into a lot of ball screen situations offensively. So uh, the Lakers kind of went more of an aggressive style of pick and roll coverage or ball screen coverages um which is something we've rarely seen this season album whether it was a hedge they blitzed a couple of times too which i loved but give willie green and his coaching staff a lot of credit they came out in the second half and the easiest way to beat a hedge outside of a pick and pop is to just get the ball out quickly to an outlet and then typically the big especially with this lakers team who don't have really good off ball defenders. Um, get the ball out to the outlet and the big you saw it it was like four straight possessions Mm -hmm. where cd McCollum just said give me the ball i'm gonna go ball screen situation here they hedge okay i'm getting the ball out and then it's a wide open big at the rim so give credit to really green but yeah i mean and then the offense i mean yeah they got really hot from three in the first half i mean Braun hit what six threes in the first half yeah um but again like those The threes the Lakers were hitting in the first half were not the threes they were hitting over the last four games. And that was the biggest difference because those threes that the Lakers were hitting, case in point, as we saw, were not sustainable. And the threes that were sustainable are the ones that they hit over the last four games. So,
1: Yeah, I mean, look, they were were, uh, generating corner threes a lot. In previous games, we saw a lot of corner threes. Those weren't really the threes they were generating in this game. We did see Russ hit a few. And by the way, I thought I thought Russ played well in this one, and, we, and we'll talk a bit about him. But overall, it felt like this was a LeBron game. And then once LeBron turned his ankle and he didn't quite seem to have his his superpowers going, you couldn't really get much from anybody else. Malik Monk did a little bit of scoring, but stops became hard to come by. Trey Murphy the third went nuts. Went nuts, and this is just a nuts. random guy. I mean, a guy who I loved him in the draft. I was hoping that maybe there was a chance the Lakers would would snag him if they didn't wind up trading their pick. Um, but he went berserk. He had. I think uh, Billy Mack on the call had uh, had the stats that he had something like twenty some odd points in the previous sixteen games combined, and then he had sixteen <sighs> points in the third quarter and like twenty one points for the game or something like that. I got the stats here in front of me um so that's that's part of this too yeah 21 for the game for murphy the third so that's part of it too is the pelicans not only came out and played with more energy and and all of that and and came out with a better game plan in the second half but they also happened to get a kind of random role player x just went nuts and just started hitting everything and sometimes that's what that takes and that lifts up the whole team next thing you know the lakers you could see them
2: hey scorpio's in here
1: is he yeah, he's that super oh, That's cool. Right. What's up, Scorpio? Scorpio Sky, how you doing, man? Um, that was uh, that was the the real turning point of this was about midway through the third, and you could kind of see it in the Lakers' body language where they started to think, could we re- can we really win this thing or not? And the Pelicans just kept coming. Again, to to their credit, unfortunate again, particularly to that team, to that fan base, to lose to them that is unfortunate, but. This has been this Lakers season. Um, Even at halftime when we were talking, we didn't feel that comfortable with it. And for good reason, because they've done this to us all season long. And so here we are again.
2: Here we are again. (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Let's see what we've got coming in here in terms of uh, the super chats, by the way.
2: The Chats saying to check Vogel's postgame. Do you say anything?
1: Uh, Vogel postgame, I'll take a look at some of the comments that are coming out. Uh, I know I was talking with Ryan, and Ryan said uh, was saying that Vogel postgame had no audio at first, which made sense. The Lakers, as of right now, are one game up on the San Antonio Spurs. Now half a game back from the Pelicans. The Pelicans now have the tiebreaker over the Lakers as well on the season, which means the Lakers can't tie the Pelicans if they want that nine seed, which means if they do stay in the play-in, and now it's much more likely the Lakers are in New Orleans for that play-in game. And again, that's if they stay in the play-in again. Now just one game up on the Spurs, and the Spurs have an easier schedule down the stretch. Man, Lakers just shooting themselves in the foot all season long. That's been rough. Uh, Sean, let's talk a little bit about uh, about LeBron James, though. I'm going to check out some of Vogel's post-game comments here, but what did you think about, about LeBron? I thought he came out energized from the jump, and I went, oh, mm-hmm. this is this is good. This is very good because LeBron, when he's got energy, the rest of the team does well, as well. That had me a bit optimistic from the get-go.
2: Absolutely. I, I think that's a big part of the reason why the defense looks so energized uh, to start off the game in that first quarter, probably up until he turned his ankle. Um, that to LeBron's energy, like you mentioned, and I mean, his case in point, all season long, whenever LeBron's brought it, defense, Energy-wise, mm-hmm. the team normally follows suit. Um, he was spectacular. Some of the shots he were hit, He was hitting that first half. He was like have to stop and applaud. It was it was incredible. Um, unfortunately, couldn't really get as going in the fourth quarter. Again, credits really Green and his coaching staff um, down the stretch. They really made things tough for LeBron. Because um, really, just thinking back in that fourth quarter, LeBron probably only got one really good look, and that was out of a, a timeout. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Lakers had a chance to set something up, but outside of that, and I mean, yeah, he twisted his ankle. I'm not honestly too too worried about it. I know some people are. Um, you can look at the block where he really got up, where was a goaltend. Um, but he had a couple of where they he had a couple of situations where they put them put LeBron as the screener and roller. Um, so I'm not too too worried about it, honestly. Um, but LeBron was great. 39 points. He was on fire in the first. Yeah, he was, he was really good tonight for the Lakers.
1: Yeah, I mean, he, he was fantastic. And again, when when LeBron needed other guys to step up and take on some of the scoring burden and he had turned his ankle and, and all that, you just didn't see other guys step up and make big plays, make big shots. Like Carmelo Anthony had a subpar night, uh, particularly shooting the ball. We saw that, which made it all the more confusing why Frank Vogel went back to him late in the game. I mean, I get it though. They don't have that many shooters and at that point you needed scoring. So there was some rationale behind it, but still he didn't have it going that night. Frank Vogel's comment after the game, time is running out on us. And he said we weren't playing for each other.
2: Yeah. I kind of agree. Like again, like if the biggest case of point they were playing for each other is look at how much the ball was actually moving in the first four games and look at tonight. Again, the first half, while they were they shot it like sixty, they were shooting sixty percent for the majority of that mm-hmm. first half. Um, but again, it's the, the looks were not the same. It was reverting back to what we saw for the first 65 games or so throughout the season. It was very limited ball movement. And, you know, tr- trust your players to hit t- tough shots one-on-one. And yeah, again, credit to the Lakers. LeBron hit some tough shots. Malik Monk was going in the first mm-hmm. half. DJ Augustine hit both his threes in the first half. But the the shots that were generated were not the same as we saw and I broke down in the most recent breakdown on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Like The shots that the Lakers got in the the breakdown I showed, you didn't see any of those tonight for
1: the Mm. Lakers. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. They were not generating the same quality of looks that they were in previous games, and so eventually that shooting regression came back to bite them, and that was uh, that was a problem. That was a problem in this game. Now, Russell Westbrook, uh, 8 for 15 shooting, 2 of 5 from 3, 7 boards, 6 assists, 1 steal, 18 points. I mean, Russ had a few big rebounds. I thought overall he was just fine in, in this game. I mean, there were only maybe a couple of mid-range shots that I thought were maybe not mm-hmm. ideal looks, but, I mean, certainly ones that, that you live with. Uh, at least on the offensive end of the floor. Defensively, okay, that, that's you know another story. But offensively, I thought Russell Westbrook was uh, was solid in, in this game again for the Lakers
2: yeah he had another solid performance again i mean let's focus on the offense because i mean yeah. i don't want to i don't want to blame russ too bad for the defense because i think you can kind of say the same thing about everybody defensively tonight yeah i mean um, defensively
1: too like russ where russ tends to get burned is off ball defensively so before mm-hmm. i can really go in depth on that i would have to go back and, and re-watch and really focus on what mm-hmm. he was doing off ball i'll admit during this game uh, I was I was not entirely focused on the off ball stuff because I got wrapped up in are they going to actually win this game? Plus the U.S. soccer yeah. had, had a game going on too. But um, uh, yeah, I would have to go back into it. And safe to say, I won't be going back into this game. No, <laughs> that's not going to happen.
2: I'm I'm, I'm not going to do it either. I don't blame you, Trevor. But uh, I mean, Russ had again he had a couple of really weird and really what, poorly placed jump shots in, in you know the early shot clock. Jumpers, you just slap your head over. Um, we had a couple of sloppy turnovers in the first half, but overall Russ had a good game. This was a solid Russell Westbrook performance tonight.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. All right. Let me get into some of the super chats that have been coming in here. Oh no. Uh Jared Chocker, yet another embarrassing loss after leading by 20 plus, and we can't even beat the Pelicans. No hope of the plans Send everyone home for the last month. Is that where we're at? Just that's it. Done. Get the, I understand the knee-jerk reaction from fans is make these guys go away. Mm-hmm. Get these guys out of here. Get this team away from us so we can forget about them already, that type of thing. Um, for the Lakers, like you don't consider actually shutting anybody down at this point or anything like that. You're still sitting in the 10 seed right now. You still have to push and do what you can to, to try to win games and then go from there, right?
2: Yeah, I, I don't think so. And I, I just think it would be sending the wrong message. Um, although again, the Lakers fans, rather, they probably want to just fast forward this to July 1st as quickly as mm-hmm. possible. But I mean, d- optically, actually, i our own mark. Jones just literally just said that it doesn't look good. It's a bad look. Um, and that kind of just back and contradicts everything, every single player on this roster has said over the right. course of two weeks. Now, granted, they've contradicted everything they've said all season long, because remember LeBron's tweet that uh, <laughs> they'll be better. And here we are. The Lakers are battling to stay in the plan.
1: Yep. Yeah. that's And again, that we've seen better basketball out of them, but it's just this, some teams have the mentality where they find ways to win games. And the Lakers this season have gone, have had the opposite. They just, it, whatever it is, they've got this block where when push comes to shove, they start to, to doubt themselves. Like you can see it on the court and it's, it's weird, and it's certainly unfortunate. Uh, Sean Tate said, "How is Vogel still allowed to do this? How much of this do you put on? How much of this do you put on Vogel? Because I'm seeing a lot of the reaction from fans online. They're putting the bulk of the blame for this game on on Frank Vogel.
2: I think that's fair. Okay. Um, because if you, even again, if you look at First off, the rotations, you and me were kind of talking about this, texting throughout the game. Rotations were very weird tonight, to say the least. Um, but that's not what I'm going to talk about. Like, again, Frank has to make an adjustment. Credit again to the Pelicans coaching staff. They went to the half. I mean, obviously, I don't know mm-hmm. this. Like, I'm not in the locker room. But like, they obviously came out and made an adjustment to what the Lakers were doing. And the Lakers, at some point, Frank has to realize, oh, crap. Okay, they've countered this adjustment. Let's either drop it or let's counteract the adjustment that they're making. And then offensively, people are talking about how frustrated they are with the lack of ball movement. That's Frank. Frank has to go in the huddle and say, guys, these last four games, we did this, 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 this Mm -hmm. and this. Right. Go back to that. Right. So if you want to blame Frank, sure. But and that's what I would blame Frank on. I mean, the refs are really, really bad tonight. Uh, But like outside of that, who else do you blame? You, you can't really, is is either Frank or the refs. Honestly, I mean, yeah, THT wasn't good, but that's about the ro- that's the rotation. So either way, your only options, in my opinion, are Frank or the refs. And
1: Yeah, I mean, look, this is when you look at the the officiating in this game, it was bad. It was bad. And we'll we'll spend plenty of time talking about that. Uh the Pelicans were the aggressors, but they got the benefit of the whistle in this one as well. Mm-hmm. And so that was that didn't help, but I'm not going to look at that and say, okay, this is why the Lakers lost. They had this game essentially in hand if they had been able to see it out through the third quarter and just not collapse. Just whatever, you, just don't collapse. Just don't fall to pieces, and you're probably going to be okay in this game, and that's mm-hmm. what they did. They, they fell to pieces. So I'm not going to completely blame the officials, but yeah, when you look at Frank Vogel, did the team find a way to sustain themselves? Did he counter the counter from the Pelicans? I mean, that's what that's what NBA basketball is all about. In terms of halves, you see two teams come out with a game plan. One of those teams has their game plan succeed in the first half. The other team doesn't. That's almost every single game. That's what happens. The team that is down, the team that is not finding success with their game plan coming into the game, they make adjustments at halftime. They come back out. And then it's on the team that was winning to adjust to those adjustments mid-half to figure out, okay, what is it that the other team is now throwing at us? What's changed? How do we fix that? The Lakers came out with a good game plan. The Pelicans made adjustments. The Lakers then went, oh, oh no. Oh, we don't know what to do now. Oh, uh, that's it. Game over. Yeah. Um, they didn't make adjustments to the adjustments that the Pelicans made. And I think we saw them tense up a bit as well. They'd, they weren't getting stops. Part of that was just red hot shooting from the Pelicans. Uh, but the Lakers weren't getting stops. And things just fell to pieces from there. And some of that definitely has to fall on. The coaching, right? I mean, coach, that's that's your job. If you're seeing things fall to pieces, okay. In a very short, short time span, it's not easy, but on the fly, you have to read mm-hmm. what happened, why is this happening, what's the solution, and then implement that solution, and clearly that is not happening.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed.
2: And then, again, you combine with the fact that the Lakers really, really struggled to hit shots. Like, Trevor, they scored 38 points in the second quarter. They scored 39 in the second half. Ugh. Brutal. So you combine the fact that you can't hit a shot and your defense is not getting stops again. Credit to them. Brandon Ingram was phenomenal in the second half. Uh, Murphy to third. Heath was red high. McCollum got going a little bit because of the adjustments they made. Um, so again, like yeah, they got hot shooting, but you couldn't make a basket offensively. And like you mentioned, coaching in the NBA is a chess match. Every game is like a chess match between the two coaches. And the Frank Vogel got the upper hand in the first quarter and first half. I'm sorry. And then Willie Green, the Pelicans head coach, he just said, "Okay, that, let me make, let me counteract that." And Frank Vogel didn't know what to do after that. I don't, I don't like to say that. That that yeah, never mind. That was a little that was a little harsh, but.
1: Well, not great. Not great. That that's for sure. And um I mean we've seen all the rumors that Vogel probably is is almost certainly not coming back next year. And games like this yeah. aren't going to help, especially right when things started to start to look better on the offensive end. We've seen the offense really start to come around the last three, four games. As I we put out a video earlier uh, yesterday, saying the Lakers were third in offensive rating over the previous four games. Like they were, and it wasn't just that they were shooting the ball. Well, that's certainly part of it, but they were doing a really nice job generating the kind of looks that you want that can help you knock down shots. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't just that they were making tough shots. And that all kind of unraveled here in this second half as they just, they tend to do. We we saw it against the Wizards as well, where the game started to get close and the Lakers just crumble. They just seem to collapse. They've got this, again, this weird thing about their mentality where they just, if the game starts getting close or another team starts to pressure them at all, they just can't handle that kind of uh, pressure and deal with the game. Uh, Rocky Adams with you from YouTube, the super chat said, as usual, where do we go from here?
2: Uh, where where do you go from here? We've been asking that question since November. Well,
1: you go to a matchup with the Mavs on Tuesday. Uh, again, the Lakers have got to try to figure out some way to put together enough wins. But this was the winnable game. This was the winnable game on their schedule. They've got another matchup with the Pelicans on Friday. That's the other winnable game on their schedule. And they have one third winnable game on their schedule uh, against the Thunder, which is the second to last game of the season. Otherwise, it's mm-hmm. all playoff teams from here on out, which is certainly, certainly rough.
2: I just want to go back really, really quickly to your point about what the Lakers are doing in the past four games, how they're generating looks. Outside of a layup and a free throw, the best, the highest quality shot in basketball is at open corner mm-hmm. three. And that's what the Lakers were generating because of the driving kickout, whether it's DJ. Like, again, you go look at it, the Lakers, they shot 37% and higher in the last four games from three. If you look at those threes, I guarantee you 75% of those were open mm-hmm. completely. Yep. May, maybe you have a late closeout, but a good 75% of those threes that the Lakers shot, again, at 35, 37% or higher clip were wide open threes. And the Lakers, again, they could not generate. They shot four, they made 14 threes a night, but a good chunk of those were really, really top mm-hmm. threes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they were. they were. And part of that was the Pelicans' defense was hustling. They were doing what they needed mm-hmm. to do to close out. Part of it, too, was the Lakers' offense wasn't, wasn't really doing a nice job generating those things. And that's probably what Frank Vogel's talking about when he says we weren't really playing for each other. Hulk Smash said, mm-hmm. gave up 41 in the third quarter to a team you need to beat and are, all, and are up by 20. It's completely embarrassing. They deserve to miss the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, look, in a regular season, we wouldn't even be talking about the Lakers making the playoffs in a normal Western conference season. They wouldn't even be close right now. Um, The Western conference has been extraordinarily weak this season. And that's the only reason why playoffs are even a thought at this, at this moment, Um, most seasons, this would be, this would be over already. This would be done. The Lakers wouldn't be in the playoffs. You have to be above 500 typically to make playoffs in the West. They are nowhere near that, but the, the West has been very forgiving this year. So that's that's certainly a factor here as as well. When you say Lakers don't deserve to be in the playoffs, well, most seasons they would not be. They wouldn't, this wouldn't be a playoff team most seasons based on based on their current record.
2: Yeah, I mean, in most seasons in a regular season, the Lakers would the season would have been over late February a month ago. But again, less has been way more forgiving this year than in years prior. Yeah.
1: Yep. Uh, Yo, Ken said, can't blame Russ or LeBron or Vogel. It was just lucky shots from Murphy's three. I am mad, but we tried. Well, that's an optimistic take there.
2: Is that Matt's burner count?
1: (laughs) Maybe it is. (laughs) Maybe it is. Maybe it is. I don't know. I I think, did they try? Yes, they they tried. But I I think there were certainly things that could have and should have been done differently. And again, it's, I think the fan frustration is certainly warranted because it's been a whole season of seeing this, of seeing the team come out, do some good things, and then find ways to lose games. And that's what they did here again tonight. Um, and it just particularly hurts more, number one, against this particular opponent, against that particular fan base, the fans that we saw all over social media, uh, cheering so loudly when, when Anthony Davis got hurt. And you hate seeing any kind of that, that sort of thing. And then, of course, you add in where they are at in the standings and what this game meant to them and what all the players said that this game meant to come out here and put up 14 points in the fourth quarter. That's, that's brutal, given the gravity of this game. Uh, I'm not that guy. Said, I can't imagine the weight LeBron feels on his back after a week off and the team begging him to carry us, especially tonight make it make sense. Yeah. I mean, look, LeBron was basically having to do a lot, uh, particularly in the second half where guys couldn't get going and they were all looking for LeBron to, to just kind of carry them. And I can't, I mean, you go down, you go down the list here. Look, the Lakers shot 53% from the field and 40% from three and lost the game and lost the game. Austin Reeves, no points. He did have six boards and six assists. So that's nice. But But no points, didn't give you any scoring punch there. Carmelo Anthony, 1 of 4 from 3. Malik Monk was 2 for 8. And Malik Monk wasn't bad, 23 points, but 2 for 3. Taylor Horton Tucker was 0 for 1. He was 3 of 4 shooting, so that's that's fine. But 0 for 1 from deep. DJ Augustine was 2 for 3. So you got some contributions from a few guys there. But LeBron had 39 points. Russell Westbrook had 18. Malik Monk, 23. But nobody else you really felt like could make a play when they needed to. When you needed somebody to hit a big shot it just wasn't there guys just weren't knocking him down and that um that honestly came back to to haunt the lakers the pelicans shot 33% from 3 but they had 12 offensive boards absolutely crushed the lakers there and that's a big part of how they they ultimately win this game again the lakers were up 20 at halftime and they lose by eight and they scored 14 points in the fourth quarter that's 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 not just Finding a way to lose, that is an absolute and monumental collapse.
2: Meltdown, yeah. Yep. And I know a lot of people, I thought Austin Reeves was was fine. I know a lot of people are going to say, oh, he started and didn't score. Well, Austin Reeves is another player offensively that really, really benefited from the ball movement. Because guess what? Austin Reeves tonight, he had to, if he wanted to score, he had to create his own shot. And the Pelicans are really long defenders who can, who can make things tough for Austin Reeves, where you go back over the past four games where Austin Reeves was doing nice things offensively, mm-hmm. scoring for you, and again, he had six boards to six assists tonight. Reeves was benefiting from a driving kickout three, or because of the spacing, Austin Reeves is really good at attacking closeouts. Mm-hmm. He was able to make some more plays for his teammates, and that's why Stanley Johnson, for example, who I, I brought up so many times in the breakdown, because he is another guy that benefited from from the, uh, from the spacing and the ball movement. And LeBron is LeBron. He's going to get his. Russell Westbrook is Russ. He could just go 1,000 miles per hour pretty much whenever and get his. Monk is kind of in that category, too, where he could pretty much – does he doesn't need much. He mm-hmm. can just go score. The rest of the guys on your team, they relied on the ball movement and the spacing that the Lakers had over the past four games, and that's why you look at Winnie Gabriel. He has four points in 18 minutes. Austin Reeves doesn't score. Melo – I think Melo just wasn't good tonight, honestly. But Melo only scores three. Stanley doesn't score. He doesn't have any assists either, which he had eight assists and 13 points against Philly. So.
1: Reeves, I think you need need a little bit of scoring punch from him. Just a little bit. Doesn't have to be a lot. Doesn't have to be a lot. But he just needs to be a threat out there. And I thought that he wasn't enough of a threat. And I think he can be. I think he can be. Yeah, we've seen it. We've seen it. And, and he, he, again, he does other things out there for you on the floor. He can do some things defensively. He can do some things in terms of uh, passing the ball. He has ways to make an impact without scoring. But but I think tonight in particular, you needed a bit more from him in terms of scoring punch. You needed him doing some good things for you out there on that side of the ball. Um, and we just didn't see enough of, of that. Again, I think he's got it in. I think that's something we'll see from him in the future. But we didn't quite get enough of a scoring punch from him tonight. Uh, Benjamin, would you rather see none back or LeBron win a scoring title? I think LeBron winning a scoring title is the more is the more likely thing more likely. <laughs> that we're gonna see. Or you know, so Frank Vogel, uh it was yesterday, maybe it was day before yesterday. We asked Frank Vogel, why haven't I think it was Bill Orm from the Athletic in our in our media session, uh asked Frank Vogel, hey, why haven't you just declared none out for the season? And Frank Vogel just said, yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, Kendrick Nunn, we've, Thanks, been, we've been talking about, you know, and last we heard, and this was weeks ago, Lakers were looking at end of March for Kendrick Nunn, and we've gotten nothing since then in terms of updates, like, oh, he's trying a few things in practice or whatever, but that's that's it. Um, nothing on is he actually going to come back or not. At this point, I think we have to be looking at it with a, Decent amount of certainty that we're just we're just not gonna see him this season. So with that being the case, yeah, I mean LeBron winning the scoring title. Why why not? One of those things can really happen. The other one I think is very, very much doubtful given how much time's actually left in the season.
2: The Lakers would have to go on a really deep postseason run for me to have any optimism that Kedrick not coming back. Yeah. And even then, I would still probably say, eh, might as well just wait till next year. And,
0: and here's the
1: thing, because I see a lot of people with the, the negative comments on Nunn and stuff in the chat. He's not choosing to to not play. It's not like the Lakers are going mm-hmm. to him and saying, hey, you're healthy, you're cleared, you're ready to roll. You want to go play? And he goes, nah, no thanks. I'm going to just pay me to sit over here. No, that, that's not what's happening here. Kendrick Nunn wants to be on the floor. Just understand his body's just not cooperating with him. Um, and again, I don't know exactly where he's at in the the recovery process. And I know that's frustrating. It's frustrating that, Hey, this was the guy, the one guy they could spend more than the veteran minimum on. He was supposed to do some heavy lifting for the Lakers and they haven't seen him all season long to an injury that typically isn't a season ending injury. It's typically much, much less than that. So I understand the frustration behind that, but it's not Kendrick Nunn's fault either. He's not like making the conscious choice for his knee to not to heal slowly or for him to have setbacks and things of that nature. So in that sense, like there's reason to be frustrated, but the frustration shouldn't be at Kendrick Nunn. It's the situation. It's unfortunate, but Kendrick Nunn isn't making that decision to sit out.
2: No. Yeah. I mean, I hope not anyway. (laughs) I mean, that'd be kind of, kind of fortunate, but no, I don't think so. I mean, Kendrick Nunn's a competitor and no fans are kind of upset. actually, in the play by play, a couple of people were asking why not cut Kendrick Nunn for, Wendy and Gabriel to be able to play in the in the playoffs. I'm like, dude, Kendrick Nunn was a 15-point-per-game scorer on a Heat team that went to the finals. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's he's a good player. It's just unfortunate that this injury thing has really been hampering him, and he hasn't been able to play it all this season. And, I mean, it is definitely really weird that a bone bruise is from October in the preseason has kept him out till now and probably the end of the season. But it's unfortunate, but he can't control that
1: uh Kyle Re- Reyes said braun had an abysmal second half he was missing a lot yeah that's where you wonder how much of that was how much of that was the ankle injury I don't know I don't know maybe maybe it was zero maybe none of it maybe he just had a bad half I don't I'm not sure but yeah LeBron didn't have a great half and again the Lakers were kind of relying on him to to do the bulk mm-hmm. of the scoring and uh wasn't able to to really do that in the second half he had a great first half Jason Kelly. Westbrook and LeBron healthy all year. Well, that's not quite accurate, but yet we can't make the play-in. Need to win at least three games to make the play-in. Which ones can we win? I don't see it. Yeah, I mean, you have to You have to win. You have to win the next game against the Pelicans. That's a must. You have to win the game must. against OKC. And then you've got to find a win against a team like a Dallas or somebody like that in the Denver, Utah. You've got got to win some of those games. It's not going to be easy. That's certainly not going to be easy. And you need, now, you need the Spurs to drop some games. Like, you need the Spurs to go lose to the Houston Rockets or something like that to help you out. That's that's for sure. Mike E said, for having so many veterans and LeBron, you have to question the leadership on the floor with them losing in this fashion so often. It really is strange, and I know they're playing mostly young players right now, but we've been saying this all season, even when it was more, more the veterans out there, this team is a veteran team with heavy veteran legs, but mentally they have the characteristics of a young team. They have the, for whatever reason, they have the mental makeup of a young team, where when things get tough, they tend to make mistakes that you would expect young teams to make. They, they tend to look discombobulated like a young team would. Um, mm-hmm. But then, so you get that, you get the negative side of having a young team, but you don't get the benefit of the having the young legs where they can be flying up and down the floor and like the Pelicans were tonight, second night of a back-to-back, and they're like, whatever, we're all 23 years old, so that's fine. Um, yeah. You get the negative on both sides. You get the heavy legs, but then you also get the mental mistakes of a young team, and it's weird. You don't normally see a veteran team do this kind of stuff.
2: Yeah, it, it's, it's odd, and I don't know if we've seen something quite like this, um, and I know Frank Vogel has kind of talked about the psyche of the team a lot, um, whatever that's supposed to mean. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I obviously know what it's supposed to mean, but it's just weird, man. This Lakers team is just weird, and that's oh, that's the best way I can describe it, man. Dame Blaze
1: said THT is making it impossible to trade him. I've got a lot of people in the chat that are not happy about Taylor Horton Tucker. What did you think about his performance tonight? 21 minutes, 3 of 4 shooting, 0 of 1 from 3, 1 of 2 from the free throw line, 1 board, 1 assist, 7 points. He was a plus 6 on the night. What did you think about him?
2: Tonight, um, I think I told you this off camera before we started. I thought Frank left him in too long. I I thought he played too much tonight. Um, Now, I'm one of the ones that think there is... A lot of potential in THC and I guarantee you just because of the Lakers luck, as soon as they trade Taylor Horn Tucker, he's gonna become a borderline all star player somewhere. I'm not I'm not predicting that. I'm just, just with the Lakers' luck with all every single young player they've traded. Um but I mean I, I think the Lakers played him too long. I think Frank played him in too long tonight. Mm-hmm. And I honestly don't understand why you could have went back to whether it was Stanley who only played nineteen minutes tonight. Yeah. Uh, Austin Reeves, you could have played him more. Um, Wenny Gabriel had 18, Gabriel, eighteen minutes. Eighteen minutes, like, it's not I, enough. I, am I, I'm, I, I'm puzzled, literally puzzled. Um, and also, correct me if I'm wrong. Wenny literally only played like the start of the game and the start of the second half. I, 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 I literally in like the last ten seconds of the game, which was really, really weird. Uh, but I, I thought he left him in too long, as uh, we're referring to Taylor Horn Talker. I didn't expect him to play that much because of the ankle thing. So I was wondering how they were going to get him back into the fold of things. But, yeah, because he didn't really provide much. Offensively, he had a couple of nice layups and uh, plays when attacking the basket. But defensively, whether it was CJ McCollum or it was Brandon Ingram, they were just going at THT. And they were like, okay, cool. Thanks, Frank. And would go back to scoring on THT.
1: I mean, I think that's where that's where you need a guy like a Wenyan Gabriel in the game. You need somebody else out there. Damn. Stanley Johnson, more. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't. I thought that Tht played. I'm not saying he played zero minutes, but 21 minutes in this game, first night back from injury. Like, that's that's probably a little bit much. Dwight Howard, another. I, mean, I think he tired down the stretch, but that's to be expected. Another another major burden on Dwight. 33 minutes. In this game, that is also too many minutes for Dwight Howard to play and credit to him for gutting it out through that. He shouldn't be asked to do that at this stage in his career, but that's just kind of where the Lakers are at, at this point.
2: And that's another reason why you have Wendy Gabriel to kind of help mm-hmm. Wendy it. I don't really believe Wendy is a two five. I think a lot of people think he no. is, but I don't think yeah. so. He's six, nine, he's two Oh nine. He weighs 209 pounds. So he's, he's would definitely be a more undersized. So I think it best. He's a stretch five. And that's fine. You can do a stretch five lineup with, like, when he has your five, stand, surround him with some size. When he had Stanley, LeBron, that's just hypothetical. And then, like, fill up the other two guard spots to help. Because Dwight Howard, he's not—unless you're saying, like, Dwight, you're probably not going to play that much against Dallas and pro- definitely not probably Utah because of just how well we've played mm-hmm. against them this year and just going small against to Utah— But still, like, Dwight, you saw and you mentioned it, Trevor, that down the stretch, you could kind of see he was gassed. He was tired down the stretch.
1: Um, Some comments coming in here from LeBron in the postgame. LeBron's left ankle is heavily taped. Jovan Buha of The Athletic reports. Our own Ryan Ward, LeBron on his ankle. I have no idea how I finished the game. It was pretty nasty. He said his ankle is horrible right now and knows it will get worse on the plane ride says it's pretty sore. Lakers next game coming up on Tuesday. That's great. not that's not a great sign, but LeBron also said he hoped it doesn't cost him any games. He hates missing games. It's not in his makeup. So that's not great, though. Not good. Not good to hear that LeBron say his ankle is horrible right now. Maybe. And I know there's some of you out there that will say, oh, that's just excuses. But if his ankle really is that, that bad and hurting that bad, that perhaps explains why he struggled so much in the second half again if he's saying that it is bothering him that much but not great and hopefully that doesn't wind up costing him a matchup on tuesday with luka Doncic and the maps
2: and also i mean another thing i saw a super chat about it fly through earlier uh-huh. so maybe we'll get yep. to it but uh the Pelicans, they did a good job, again, counteracting what the Lakers are doing. They made things really, 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 really tough mm-hmm. on LeBron because the Lakers idiotically wanted to switch hunt in that fourth quarter. And the Pelicans said, okay, you want to switch hunt? Thank you. And they just started blitzing everything, hedging, making the ball come out of LeBron James' hands. And they also at some point, at one point kind of just started like face guarding LeBron off ball, yeah. which is basically saying, LeBron, you're not touching it. You better hope that... Uh, THT can make a jump shot. So th- that, credit to the Pelicans, again, I don't think that's all LeBron's ankle. I thought LeBron, I mean, granted, he did just say it, it's awful, but throughout the game, I thought LeBron was fine, even in the second half, just credit to the Pelicans, making things tough.
1: Yeah. That, that's certainly part of this. The Pelicans really amped up their pressure. Malik Monk even mentioned, too, that uh, he said, look, the ball stopped moving and our defensive pressure let down. And Russell Westbrook was asked about it. Why did that happen? And he said, I wish I could tell you. Doesn't know. Doesn't know. Um, ball Hog Sports said, our defense was amazing in the first half when we started the game big. I don't understand why we finished the game uh, with Puny Ball having mellow at the 5 in the 4th. It kills our defense. I don't get it. I agree. I don't think Mello at the 5 should ever really be a thing. Um, you can have him at the 4, and he can give you some floor spacing. But here's the thing with Melo. We're seeing teams very consistently target him defensively. They go right after him, which they should. Mm-hmm. They, they absolutely should. The gamble is always, can Melo hit enough threes and give you enough on the offensive end to make up for whatever's going on on defense? Sometimes the answer is yes. When the answer is no, which I think that was the case tonight, You've got to be ready to pull the plug on that pretty quick. And I don't think Frank Vogel did a great job of of doing that. Melo, I mean, 15 minutes, but still, he was struggling out there. Didn't seem like he really had it going. So that's why I was surprised Vogel went back to him late in the game. Even knowing the team needed some scoring, (sighs) Melo just wasn't having the best game. I would have preferred him look elsewhere rather than Camarillo Anthony in that situation.
2: I don't think that the main reason why to address the start of that question or comment, whatever. Uh, I don't think the main reason was the fact that they went big. I think it was more the energy and effort, and they came out with a great game plan to start the game. Mm-hmm. I think honestly, if that was and Gabriel instead of the White, I think, or well, if the starting lineup was like Wenyin and Stanley as your and LeBron, like you have LeBron, and Stanley as your three, four, five, I think it would have been just as good actually you have some more switch flexibility as well on the outside um now I do agree though Carmelo Anthony at the five is probably the thing that I hate the most or dislike the most about this Lakers team and Frank Vogel is that he'll constantly say hey Melo every single advance all points, let's keep doing it and you just pull your hair out and ask why
1: Yes, indeed. Uh, Bad dog says any updates on AD? Yep. Uh, we asked Frank Vogel about Anthony Davis before the game. He said AD is indeed ramping up the intensity, but uh, he's not not like close to a return or anything like that just yet. But is ramping things up uh, in terms of the intensity of his workouts. But again, still has a little ways to go, which is again. Standard for Frank Vogel, but at least we're hearing that he is progressing. But it's not like he's coming back Tuesday or anything like that. It's still going to be a little ways. But what we're hearing is, again, he is starting to, day by day, get better. So that's good news. Music said, "What's up with Trevor Ariza? He's old, man. He's, been bad. he's old. He's old. <laughs> um, that's I just I don't think he's really got it anymore. So that's why we haven't seen him out there on the floor. Justin Kirkland." said, how many games have we lost when leading by 10-plus this year? It's a lot. Somebody pulled that stat, actually, a couple of months ago, I believe. And it was it was like a lot even back then. And it's even more now, obviously. It's, uh, it's a very, very shocking. I'm going to have to find it at some point. But it's a shocking number. You would think with Vets we have, we would be able to close out these games like this. Can the offseason come fast enough? No, it can't. And let me tell you guys the scary part. I don't even want to speak this into existence. The scary part is this. It's been a nightmare season for the Lakers. The Celtics are looking like perhaps the best team in the East right now. That's the way, that's how good they've been playing lately. The perfect, (sighs) (laughs) terrible, awful finish to this season would be nightmare season with Celtics winning championship 18. And it does, and it feels like that's not outside the realm of possibility right now. And that's just as the season has gone on, just everything has just continued to get worse and worse and worse for the Lakers. Um, and that would just be the cherry on top in terms of things getting worse for LA. So fingers crossed that hopefully that does not wind up happening. They are playing extremely well over in Boston. Right is now. the worst. There was a point.
2: Is the worst. Go ahead. I was
1: to say there was a point in the season where the Lakers and the Celtics were right about the same record-wise. Both teams' fan bases were angry and upset, and. The Lakers went, the Celtics went one way and the Lakers said, no, 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 we're not going to go that way. We're going to go this way and just continue this descent into madness.
2: Is the worst possible like finals matchup as a Lakers fan, would that be Sun Celtics? No, (laughs) no, the worst possible
1: matchup for a Lakers fan is, is Clippers Celtics.
2: That's, that was being slightly realistic. Oh yeah, yeah but, I mean yes. yeah, that, but, uh, that,
1: yeah. but in, ge- in general, just if anything's possible, yeah. a Clippers Celtics final is I think to most Lakers fans probably the worst case scenario. I, I well I would think if it was Suns Celtics, Lakers fans would all be pulling for the Suns. I would have to imagine somebody Guys, those of you mentioning super chats, I save them and we get to them. So we'll we'll get there. Don't worry. But um but yeah, that would be And chat, let me know if I'm wrong, but I would think that Lakers fans, you'd be, I certainly would be, I'd be pulling for the Suns over the Celtics for sure.
2: Yeah. Okay. Uh, Suns is okay. The net's gonna beat Phoenix. Well, the nets have to get out that bloodbath. That's gonna Mm -hmm. be the East man. Like Boston, Milwaukee, who is now kind of become Mm-hmm. Uh Miami's still a threat. Like, the East is going to be a bloodbath. So whoever gets out of that, hats off to you.
1: William Scott said, We play Dallas, Utah, Denver twice, Phoenix, Golden State, New Orleans, and San Antonio. Maybe the only wins they get the rest of the season. Uh, well, they don't They don't play... Maybe only wins we get the rest of the season. Well, they don't play San Antonio. But, but OKC, I think is what you mean, instead of San Antonio. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. that's what I was saying. Like, th- that's why this game was so important. It wasn't just where things are at in terms of the play. And it wasn't just and the fact that it's the Pelicans and all that. And it was also, if you look at the schedule, where do the rest of the wins come from? They're there not many. So you have to take advantage of these games, but we've been saying this from the beginning of the season. Uh, it's unfortunate, but I've been saying from day one that the key to the NBA, I've been saying this for years, the key to the NBA season, it's not about beating the best teams. It's about beating the teams you should beat. It's about beating the teams that the NBA puts on your schedule in front of you, the bottom feeder teams. It's locking in that win, saying thank you and going home. Put that win on your record and move on, and the Lakers failed to do that so many times this season that it was always going to come back to bite them in some form or another. And in this case, it might be coming back to bite them in terms of missing the plan. That's that's the way the way this could come back to punish them really. Is they didn't focus enough. They didn't play wow. hard enough. They didn't get after it in the games where they should have won and they found ways to lose games that again they should have won. And now they may not make the plan. That's that's what they're staring down right now.
2: Speaking of the plan, the the nets are now the nine seed. Yeah, oh, so in the, in the East things, Yeah, things could get interesting there, but uh, going back to what you said about the Lakers yeah they, they they failed to take care of business like you look at the blazers or twice you look at the blazers you look at the Kings games you look at the Pacers at home after what was a really good jazz performance. Mm-hmm. um the Thunder if I haven't already mentioned them and if I did they deserve to be mentioned twice because that was that was sad um and and, and while unlikely, the Lakers unfortunately couldn't capitalize on a slide by the Clippers the Clippers are really struggling right now they've lost two they've won only two games out of the last 10 on a five-game mm-hmm. losing streak and if the Lakers you look at the Wizards game you look at uh it's a uh, read more recently look at that Wizards game tonight and getting swept by the Clippers really really hurts because they now there's almost no shot of potentially mm-hmm. getting that eight like again a game like tonight or the Wizards game on the road where you played three great quarters of basketball, you were up 14 going into, or midway through the third quarter, um, just couldn't capitalize on the Clippers who are probably going to stay at the eight seat, although they've really slid uh, recently.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they have. And that's, uh, that's another unfortunate thing that we've seen this season that the Lakers just, you know, they didn't get the wins they needed to against the Clippers. They didn't get the wins they needed to. It's just about anybody, it seems like the games that they really needed to get. Yeah. They've just they've found ways to not get those. Nishad Marathi says, it still seems like we can't figure out what lineups we want on the floor. Vogel continues to try lineups that don't work, such as Mello at center. Yeah, there hasn't been any consistency with that. Um, some of that is on Vogel. Some of that is on the team just trying to adapt to whatever's in front of them or adjust to whoever is actually available to play that night. But yeah, there, there's certainly no, there's no like, closing lineup there's no death lineup or anything they did they just go to every night there's no consistent even starting rotation i mean we've seen i believe it's a 35 different starting lineups for the lakers this season just no consistency was whatsoever. the sixers
2: the 30 i believe it was was the sixers i think okay. it was okay uh that just tells you all the season's gone we're 74 games in and we don't know like what's our best lineup yeah. which is sad
1: Isham 976. Remember the beginning of the season when everyone said this Lakers team was too old to compete with younger teams, and LeBron uh, and Lakers Nation's laugh at that comparison. Yeah, I mean, look, we we thought what has undone this team? It hasn't necessarily been age. It's been a lot of it's been the mentality, which that's kind of what we thought we were going to see coming into the season. Was that okay? There's going to be nights where they don't have the legs, but up here. They're going to be cool under pressure. They're going to be able to make plays when they need to. Things, things of that nature, and those things haven't been there. Again, you haven't got gotten the benefit that you typically see from a veteran team. You've only gotten the negative. That's and mm-hmm. that's been the uh, well part of or one of many many reasons why this season has played out the way that it did. Uh, Nashad Marathi yeah. said, "I predict the Lakers will not win again this season." Oh man. That would be brutal. That would be brutal.
2: Well, that'd be 31 and 51 finish. Yikes. Yeah. If they, did, if they didn't win again. Oh, that would not be good.
1: That would not be good. Somebody said, hey, Trev, will you continue this after the season is over? I guess it's safe to say the Lakers won't get into the playoffs. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I will still continue this. We will still be here. We'll still be doing stuff, Um, especially as we get ready for, again, we've been saying this. This is going to be probably one of the Lakers' most important off seasons ever. I mean, the decisions they make this off season are gonna they're going to set the course of the franchise for years, for years to come. So there's going to be plenty to break down there. Things will slow down for sure, but yeah, absolutely, we're we're not going anywhere. And of course, I'll still be doing stopover at the NBA front office show. We'll be doing all kinds of things. So yes, we will. We will still be around. We will.
2: Yeah, do some player review mm-hmm. breakdowns as well well see we'll be here We ain't going nowhere
1: absolutely absolutely all right let's finish things off the master lock of the night in fact i just talked to chris today um master lock of the night who would you put or what would you put in the master lock from this game so chat let me know what was it that was most annoying from this game we'll put it in the master lock if you're coming in from youtube from facebook from twitter what goes into the master lock tonight sean what are you putting in the master
2: lock do you think Chris can put like two things into the master lock? Would I, that be like two? Would that be?
1: Two? He's a big dude. I'm pretty sure he can do it. <laughs>
2: uh, so this might be cheating, but a co-master lock. Ooh. Uh, Frank, Fra- Frank Vogel, and the refs. So, oh, is that, Chris, that's if,
1: four. That's all three referees plus Frank Vogel. So like a four <laughs> four person master lock. All
2: right. Four person master lock, Chris. Uh, if you're watching, I hope I'm not making your job too hard, but uh seriously I, I mean again there's not very many things if you take those things out of it i guess you could say the turnovers because things were a little sloppy they had 15 turnovers mm-hmm. tonight but there's not too too much i can honestly be upset about that doesn't re- involve frank vogel or the referee so uh yeah i'll have a co master lock or uh yeah the wraps and frank
1: i am gonna go let's see my master lock i'll i will go with I'm going to go abstract and say that I'm going to masterlock the team's mentality. This again, this, this weird okay. concept where they just they find ways to lose games, particularly late, in spectacular fashion. This this, this collapse that again is not typical of what you would see out of a, a veteran team, and I think it's been a big part of their problem this season. Uh, since you already gave my master lock would have gone to Frank Vogel, but since you already went with Vogel, that's why I'm going with that particular. That particular uh, element of what we've seen from the Lakers this season. Oh, Chaco Thunder said, I will master lock hedging defense. I know you've got something to say about that, Sean.
2: Oh, come (laughs) on. That's actually probably my favorite ball screen defense. But now, again, like the problem is you just have to make an adjustment. And favorite ball screen defense, man, come on. Drop again can work too. I, like, Trevor, I, te- I think I texted you after it worked in that first quarter. Yeah. I, was, I was like, yes, they finally stopped drop momentarily. And then, yeah, then the rest of the game happened.
1: Avi B said HBK went from underrated to too heavily relied on. I don't know if he's too heavily relied on. I think that I think they needed just a little bit more offensive punch out of him in this one. But he's also very careful to try to play within himself. But again, this was a game where you needed somebody else. You needed one other person to kind of get it going on the offensive end, whether it was Mello, whether it was HBK, whoever. You needed somebody. You needed one other person to generate some Mm -hmm. offense for you, and you just didn't really get that. You had LeBron. You had Monk. You had Russ. But you needed that one other guy that went and shot, you know, like four or five from three or something like that. That's, That's what you needed in this game, and they just didn't get that. Nope. Oh, no, somebody's mute music, uh, mood music said unpopular opinion. The Lakers played better when THT and Mello were injured.
2: That's that's what a lot of people were I've saying after the, after the breakdown. I did. They're like, hmm, the one common thing is THT is not in any of these clips. I'm like, come on, man. That's just kind of ironic that I picked nine clips that THT just wasn't in. That yep. doesn't mean he's awful or it was because of him. All right, everybody. Uh, I hope.
1: Oh, oh man, this was this was a tough one. I was so I was so excited to see the U.S. step up in a must-win game against to Panama tonight, get the win. Uh, that was really cool. And then this Lakers collapse. That was certainly rough. Was not uh, was not thrilled with that situation. <laughs> so at least we got to vent about it, about it a little bit. We got to talk through it. Hopefully, you all feel a little bit better after that one. We'll be right back at it again on Tuesday when the Lakers take on. The Dallas Mavericks. Um, oh, prominent oh, surge! I didn't on. see this. Prominent surge said, "The Pel's announcers said, like Ad said, that's all, folks." After winning a game and being the ninth seed, yeah, it's it's weird, man. It's weird. That's the that's where the Pelicans are quickly becoming one of my least favorite fan bases, and I don't like. I know it's not all of them. But it's I, a good I've amount, said it though. so many times. Anthony Davis did you a favor. Anthony Davis helped you. My goodness, if LeBron wants to leave, if Anthony Davis wants to leave, I hope they go to the Lakers and say, please, please trade me. Anthony Davis mm-hmm. could have said, oh, no, 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 we're good, we're good, we're good, and then just walked in free agency and they're left with nothing. They're left with nothing. That's the worst case scenario for a franchise. A guy coming to you after you've been trying to build around him, trying to build around him and finally saying, hey, I want to leave. That's not a bad thing for an NBA team. There's far, There are far worse things. It's not necessarily a good thing either. I understand why fans would feel spurned. But my goodness, Pelicans have some some hate out there for, for Anthony Davis. Now, again, they're upset that he said, I only want to go to the Lakers. I only want to go to certain teams. Okay understandable why you think you know he's killing his trademark and all that kind of stuff right maybe you're a little bit upset about that but man they've got some hatred towards anthony davis even apparently the pelicans announce crew now too
2: and because anthony davis went to your front office and said hey i want out guess what you have one of your faces of your franchise who's an all-star caliber player in brandon ingram who again by buys- by the way, played phenomenal tonight. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, where where are the, like your dislike of Pelicans fans? Like for me, it's probably like Pelicans, the Timberwolves as a team, maybe not their fan base. I I, I can't stand the Timberwolves, but <laughs> like yeah, I I agree. The the Pelicans are climbing well in the list.
1: And again, it was the the Pelicans seeing that all the celebrations when Anthony Davis got hurt did not sit well with me. But it, there's this I mean, weird yeah. venom towards. Uh, towards the Lakers and towards Anthony Davis in particular that I don't, I just think it's misplaced, but, but in any event, in any event, again, that's not all Pelicans fans or anything like that. So I don't want to yep. characterize them as, as, as such, but I've just seen a lot of that on social media. All right, guys appreciate it. Oh, somebody said Sixers fans are worse. Yes. I'm sure everybody has all kinds of, and I'm sure there's people who look at a lot of people look at Lakers fans. and say, "Oh, Lakers fans are awful. Da It happens. All right, everybody tough one. Hopefully you feel a little bit better after we got to vent through that. Till next time. See ya and stay safe.